If you have a favorite astromycologist, I'll bet a week's worth of replicator rations that it's Commander Paul Stamets of the USS Discovery. Anthony Rapp, who breathes life into the character, got his big break playing Mark Cohen in the groundbreaking musical Rent. Rapp wrote a memoir about the experience, which he then adapted as a stage musical, telling the story of his journey in Rent through the lens of two tragic deaths that occurred at the time. Now his one-man musical, Without You, is opening off-Broadway, and he joined me to talk about it. I'm T. Rick Jones, and this is your Daily Star Trek News. Well, thank you very much for joining me, Anthony. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time. Absolutely. Um, uh, so how are rehearsals going? They're going very well. We've, um, you know, this is a show that I've done iterations of for quite a number of years now. And um, this time around, we wanted to kind of reinvestigate it a little bit. And so we're we're not making any huge changes, but we're making some changes that even subtle, you know, when you... When you have a show, it's a you know it's a piece of architecture. Even if you make one little change, the the, the ripple effects can be quite significant. And um, so we've just been trying to like tighten the screws and introduce little new little ideas that have hopefully a, a, the effect of making it that much more seamless. I hope. And um, that's that's we're feeling good about it. You know, and it'll be really interesting to get in front of an audience and see how they respond. Because the audience response has always been quite strong. But um, you know time has passed and so it's it's always good to dig back in yeah there's a new song there's other new little musical moments there's um the one of the main uh, in an early iteration we had very very minimal use of some projections but it was always like a sketch and this time we're going to get a we're, we're going full on into the world of projections and trying to use that to help our storytelling in a way that's not just literal you know but that still is you know it's a memory piece so using projection in a way that hopefully is evocative and um, and the spirit of the storytelling, you know, so. It's based on a memoir you wrote in 2006, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I wrote it over many years before that, but it came out in 2006, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and, and so then you decided to do a musical and I wanna ask you about that. But first, just for anybody who doesn't know, just uh, do me a favor and give me the elevator pitch. What's it? What's it about? So really, the they, what they both are is a memoir. Which to me, a memoir is different from an autobiography. To me, an autobiography is kind of a survey of your whole life, and a memoir mostly is taking a chapter or a piece or a theme of your life and sort of zeroing in a little folk more zoomed in on it. So for me, that period. Um, the bulk of the book and then really the bulk of the show is uh, it's approximately two and a half year period from the end of 1994 when I first was cast in the workshop of Rent and that coincided with uh, my mom's recurrence of cancer and then doing the off-Broadway and then Broadway production of Rent losing Jonathan Larson and at the same time my mom was then in the last couple of years of her life uh, as she ultimately lost her battle with cancer so the, it's these life-changing events, this memoir of these life-changing events that had so much to do with uh, loss, but also, you know, what one of the things that Rent is so very much about is that even in the face of loss, that you can still live fully. And that honoring people, honoring the memory of those you've lost is as important as going through the grief of losing them. 
So the the book and the show are really an attempt to, um, I don't know, tell tell that story. And I guess I hope lead by example of, um, you know, by fully telling the full story of what it's like to love and lose the people who are closest to you and then honor them by telling that story that that, I don't know, that can ultimately lead to a sense of um, growth and, uh, and yeah, and honoring their memory. Um, is it therapeutic for you as well? Like, did it help you? Um, you were real close to your mom and I want to ask you about that as well, but, but was it, was it sort of a therapy for you to, to <laughs> cathartic in some way? I suppose so. I mean, I didn't approach it really. I, I truly didn't approach it as like a therapeutic of uh, endeavor um actually writing the book uh, i felt like for me to write the book honestly i had to kind of relive those experiences I, I wanted to put myself in those moments the moment to moment reality of what it was like to have these conversations to be in these in, in these situations and doing that i'm not sure it was therapeutic it was really hard because it was hard enough to go through it the first time but i didn't see any other way to do it and ultimately, I suppose, yeah, there was a kind of catharsis with it. But in a way, it was less the writing of it than the releasing of it. When the book came out, I did feel like a sense of letting go of it. And um, and sort of, of you know, I've, I've seen other writers talk about this with in relation to books, is it's kind of like a child or a child you send out in the world or a bird you set free and it flies around. And it's kind of like that in a way that's very different from acting work, you know, because um, people then have the book and they're in their home or in their car or their whatever, and they're reading. And it's, it's a very personal experience, but it's like on their terms, it's on their time. And I've just put it out there and it is what it is. So doing the show is a little bit of a different animal. Uh, why did you need to adapt the book to the stage um, or why did you want to? Well, I, I honestly never did think about doing that. There, I was doing, I was on my way to um, do a concert in like, I think it was 2006 or 2007, not long after the book had come out. And um, the producer of that concert, the presenter of that concert was just, we were just, we, we had a long drive to get there to the venue. And on the drive, he's like, have you thought about adapting your book? I was like, no, because it was such a, I, I mean, I was really, I was proud of the book and I was very pleased with how it had been received, but I really thought of it as a book. It's a very different creature than a theater piece but he's like i don't know you might want to think about it so i was like huh so um i didn't know where to begin because a book is also 300 pages it's like i think of a book i've said this before so anybody who's seeing this or reading this and hearing me saying sorry i don't know any other way to describe it but to me a book is like a tree there's the main trunk of the tree which is these two major events which is jonathan and my mom and rent kind of and the way that they collided but then there's all sorts of other branches you can have in a book you can spend a page doing a little sidebar thing you can spend a chapter doing a flashback and you can do some of that in a play but it's a very different uh, thing to spend real estate spend time on stage to earn the right to tell more of the story that way. It's like the way you have to establish things, the way you have to earn, it's just, a, it's a very, you know, an audience hearing things is a very different thing than reading it in, you know, page by page. So um, I didn't know where to begin, where to, how to start trimming those branches. So um, my friend and collaborator, my friend, Steve Mailer is a director I'd worked with 
um, we had been looking for another project to do. We like we really love working together, but like, what what are we gonna do? And then I so he was somebody that I reached out to. I was like, is this of any interest to you? Because I didn't want to to be anybody who had an association with rent. I wanted it to be somebody like Steve who was going to be very fresh to all of that material and all of that information and all of that um, stuff, you know, so he could be really objective about it. Um, and he's like, yeah. So he did a, he did me the great service of kind of doing a first pass through of reading the book again and then sort of sit, bringing out the things that he thought could lend themselves to the show. So once he did that, then I could start to see okay, yeah, and then I can trim that and trim that and put this together. And then it was always going to be the case that, there were, that music would be a part of it because there, there's a lot of music in the book too. There's a lot of lyrics in the book. Um, so it was always like, yeah, mu there's the rent music, but it's not just the rent music. There's also um, the song I sang for my rent audition, which was Losing My Religion by R.E.M. Um, and then there was a song I'd already written about going home to see my mom while I was doing the show called Visits to You. So I was like, I think I would like to try putting this in the show and finding a way to do that. And so we did that. And then, and then there were other moments like, I think this could be a song. And so wrote some new material with a couple of different wonderful composers that, I, that were friends of mine. Um, so we did, we did a, we, we put all that together and then we did a, like just a reading. Um, and at that point, I still didn't know if it was gonna work as a theater. I really didn't. I was like, this may or may not work. Put it out there see what the feedback is and invited some people that i really trusted i really knew would tell the truth and say yeah you probably should abandon this but all of them were like no keep going this is there's something really here so that was and that was i think in like 2007 so it's 15 years ago now 16 almost 16 years ago because i think it was anyway so yeah so uh, at, at that point, we started doing more and more. And then we started doing like we've done over the years, I don't know, several different iterations of it. And it's always been nicely received and people were moved by it. And it's been very meaningful to get to do it. And then I really, really wanted to do a run of it in New York. because It's my home. This is where rent started. It just feels like that would be a great thing to try to do. And then right when I thought maybe we were, that was starting going to happen, I got if then. So I did that for a couple of years and then Star Trek. And then I, so it was like all these things kind of like, uh, and then, yeah. And then finally it just looked like this window of time between seasons of Star Trek Discovery. This, there was a, there were producers that came on board that the theater was available. So just everything, all the stars. Alive. I was, I was going to ask you, and I'll ask you now about Steve Mailer. Um, a director's job is more than just telling you to walk here and walk there. And it sounds like he collaborated with you a little bit on how to piece the thing together. Yes. Kinds of, because you're telling a story and we'll, we'll talk more about the story in a second. You're, you're telling a story that's very personal to you that you lived through. Yeah. What kind of, does he help you get there? Like, does he give you direction about emotionally how to do it? Or, or are you like, I was there. I know how emotional. Yeah back off it's 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 more about just like in some of the storytelling conventions right so if i'm doing a part of that's where it's more narrated then he would give me direction like I, if you activate this part of that narration it helps us follow what you're saying you know or if in this scene between you know and then there's some moments where i'm really playing scenes of dialogue where i'm playing my mom and me and he's like he kind of usually asks questions like does it make sense if this little moment is just a little more this or that you know and i want to be true to the moment you know 
Um, so it's very respectful, but it's also like with, you know, making sure it's all in the service of making sure the story is being told as clearly as possible without betraying the truth. So I think we've found a really good way of, of navigating that. And in terms of style of approaching it too, is like, um, I've seen an, any, I've seen quite a few one person shows over the years and there, you know, and many of them, people play different characters, right? But there's sort of like degrees of it. There's the degree where like Anna Devere Smith really totally transforms physically and vocally, very much so. And then I saw there's a wonderful actor named Lisa Crone who did a one person show called 2.5 Minute Ride. And in that, to me, she, it was just a little more subtle. It was a little more um, like when she became her father, it was just a little bit of a physical shift and a little bit of a voice shift, but she wasn't like full on like putting a mask on. You know, it was like, it was like filtering through her. And so that was the approach that seemed like it made the most sense for the kind of piece that this is. Because that was also a very, very autobiographical piece that she did, as opposed to Anna Devere Smith, which was like doing interviews with these people and then putting their words on stage. So, so that was part of the approach too. Um, and then, yeah, technically, like if I'm doing these scenes back and forth, Steve really helps make sure that it's, it's as delineated as possible physically, like enough, you know, it's just to keep track that we're not losing who's saying what, when kind of um, thing. Let's talk a little bit about Rent because that was your big break, yes. uh, uh, arguably. Uh, no, I mean, it's not, our, I mean, that's true. Yes. yes. <laughs> Jonathan Larson wrote Rent. Rent changed theater. Um, the, the show itself just changed, changed the way theater could be, could be shown, like shows could be written. Um, and you got through the, the workshopping process. You were opening off Broadway. Opening day comes. What happens? So we had our dress rehearsal, which is the first, it's like the, you know, like you're in theater, so you know this, but like the dress rehearsal is, it's a full run through with all tech and everything. And there's an invited audience of friends and colleagues and family and stuff to, to put it in front of an audience for the first time, but it's not really open to the public yet. So we had that run. And it went really well. And uh, that night, Jonathan, after he went home, um, collapsed on the floor of his kitchen and died of an aneurysm. Suddenly he was 35 years old. And he hadn't been feeling well. Like he had a couple days earlier, he had fainted. But it, it seemed to us that, I don't know, he was probably a little exhausted and maybe, you know, coming down with something, which is totally understandable. You know, it was very, it was very exciting, but it was also very stressful and exhausting. So certainly no one thought that he was going to die and um so the then the task was what do we do he wasn't you know when you're when you're going into previews with a new show um especially a new musical there's any number of things that get changed during the course of it because now you're in front of an audience now you can really have that feedback and learn what's working what isn't working get a better clearer and clearer sense of how to refine what you've created together. And so that was gonna be the next wonderful stage that he was also really looking forward to. So we had this, you know, nearly near impossible task for our director, Michael Greif and our music director, Tim Weil and our artistic director, Jim Nicola and all of us in the cast and the band to like go, well, we know it's not really 100% done yet. And so they, everybody put their heads, we all put our heads together and kept like talking about what, what might changes be, you know, trims and cuts and just making it better. And so we did our best effort to do that also while mourning the loss of our friend and collaborator. Um, and the show itself is 
all about this very thing of how do you keep living a full life in the face of loss, in the face of hardship. So it was like the very thing that we were doing, we were performing on stage every night. So it was like the 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 difference between our our offstage lives and our onstage lives was tissue paper thin in many ways. Um, but like everybody rallied around it in such a profound way and uh, brought their absolute best selves to to the process. Um, you know, and I think in in many moments of of crisis, it can either kind of split people apart, they can kind of fracture, or it can really bring people together. And in this case, we really came together. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, his his the show went on to become a, an enormous success. Um, and I believe in my heart of hearts, it would have anyway, <laughs> because it was that special before he died, you know, um, but certainly, a, you know, the fact that he had died brought a lot of attention to the production. But yeah, I think if the show hadn't been as special as it was, then it just wouldn't have been like, oh, this is a shame, this really talented person died. You know, it, it was, it, it, it certainly, ha it changed part of the narrative around it, but it still, the show itself had, a, had its own impact and power. And, you know, now over the last, especially the last year or two, um, Tick, Tick, Boom, came out on Netflix, it really, you know, it, it re for anybody who's interested in knowing more about him, it's a, it's a wonderful portrait. It's like a self-portrait. It's a piece that he wrote. Sort of, he had been started to work on Rent a bit, but he wrote this piece called Tick, Tick, Boom about his life as a, as a writer and, and wondering if he should maybe give up because it was hard and, you know, trying to figure out his place in the world. And it's a, it's a really uh, beautiful portrait of the very intimate, um, sense of what it's like to be an artist, you know? Um, so, and I'm just grateful that that many more people are getting to know more of his work because of it. It's a, it's a wonderful film. Anybody who's watching, it stars Andrew Garfield. It's on Netflix. Uh, it, there's a lot of theater luminaries that make cameos. <laughs> Stephen Sondheim's in there, yeah. and, you know, all kinds of people. So it's why, if you're at all interested, go watch it right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's fabulous. Were you at all influenced by because it's not really Tick Tick Boom's not really a memoir, but it is semi autobiographical. So when you were writing yours, were you thinking about that? Were you thinking about um, oh, Jonathan wrote a one man musical about his life? It's interesting. I wasn't directly thinking about it. No, honestly, I was thinking more about like I got to play. I got to do Hedwig um, a couple times, and there was there. Were, it's not like. Tonally, our show is very different from Hedwig, but having done Hedwig, the sense of like a rock musical autobiographical, you know, Hedwig is telling her story um, with, with narration and song and playing different characters. Like that, having had that experience, I think informed a lot of the approach. And then, like I said, shows like 2.5 Minute Ride, especially Lisa Crone's show was very um, helpful to kind of thinking about what, what the approach or what this thing could be. Yeah, it's funny, because by the time I knew Tick, Tick, Boom, um, I knew it as like a three character play. So it's a, even though it's auto, I see what you mean, it is autobiographical, but I know that he, he originally did perform it as a one person show. Yeah. I will say that, you know, like doing the show, especially being back in rehearsal, like this wasn't necessarily conscious, but um, I mean, he talked to me and talked to us as a cast about why he wrote Rent, which was to, in part, in large part, to respond to what he was seeing around him, including the, the loss of some of his friends to AIDS. 
and um, and to honor them. And that's so much of why I wrote my show. Like it's this, I'm, I'm following in the footsteps of, of his attempt to do that, to capture truth of a life experience, you know, refract it into a theatrical lens as a way of honoring the people he'd lost. Um, tell me about your mother. What kind of person was she? She was um, a nurse, which I, is always like the first fact I say about her because I think it is so, it was so central to her way of being. Um, she was truly somebody who devoted her whole life to caring for others. And in some ways, I think to her own detriment at times, I think that she, you know, she put people first more than herself, um, which is, I mean, she was incredibly generous that way with her, with her thoughts, her care, her time, her effort, including she was the eldest of 13 kids. So all of her brothers and sisters, the three of us kids that she had with my dad, um, she helped raise my my cousin Rachel from a baby, like, and then she was a nurse. So she took care of all of her patients. So, and she was a really, really good and dedicated nurse. So that's why I say it the first, because it, it, everything else to me falls out of that. We were very, very close when I was a kid. She loved the, the stuff that I was doing in theater. She was a huge fan of the arts. She was not very, you know, she, she wrote a little bit, but she was, she was an avid reader, but she just loved the arts. And so she was really she got a lot out of my being involved. And she was like the, when you, you know, there's this term stage mother, like, which usually means like people were really pushy, like Gypsy, like the show Gypsy. Yeah. She was the opposite. People loved having her around because she was so chill and easygoing and not like she was, she enjoyed it, but she, it wasn't for her glory. It was, she just she was happy that I was getting to do something I loved. You know, and then as I got older and I was like, there was like some separation. So like I, you know, I cut, when I cut the apron strings as a, as a teenager. And then when I came out, like it wasn't, it wasn't like huge amounts of friction and huge amounts of, of distance, but there was some distance and that those were the gaps that were getting bridged more and more as, as I was getting older, especially around the time of rent and especially around the time of her illness. So we were becoming, it's like, I think of our phases of our closeness was like incredibly close when I was a kid, not quite as close and then getting much closer again as adults as, as, and, and a different kind of closeness as adults to be able to talk about things that much more deeply than we could even when I was a kid. She had had, she had an incident in, in 92 where um, she had this, her adrenal gland burst out of nowhere. No one, like no one saw it coming. She almost died that night from blood loss from, and, and it turned out that it had burst because there had been a tumor there that no one knew was there. But they thought that they got all of the cancer out then. And so she was going to get scans every three months. So for two years, she was in the clear. And then right after I did the workshop of rent in the fall of 94, that Christmas was when it recurred. And that so from the fall of 94 until May of 97 is when she started like real treatment for cancer. And it was, a, you know, it was protracted. And she was, she was in hospice care for about nine months. So, she, you know, it was a, it was a long, it was a long journey, you know, much longer than many people face with the, with the situation that she was in. And she passed, were you on Broadway yet with Rent? Yeah, I was. So she was able to come to Broadway opening night. She was oh. well enough. She was, she was, she had cancer at the time, but she was well enough to come, which for which I will forever be grateful. And, um, and then, where, so that was in April, April, she lived in Joliet, Illinois, where I grew up. In Illinois. Okay. So she had to get on a plane and come yeah. out to Oregon. Wow. Yeah. 
Um, so that was in April of 96, and then she died in May of 97. Okay. Um, and that, I imagine, hit you, hit you hard, her. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, this story is really about loss. The story yeah. of the musical and the book is really about loss. And there are two losses there. One I imagine was more acute to you than the other, you know, your mother, losing your mother. Um, what, how, how is losing her, and this may seem like an obvious question or a dumb question, how is losing your mother linked with rent? Because the, the, story, the story is about both of those things. Yeah. And so there, there must be a connection there in your mind. Yeah, to me, you know, I mean, because she was so integral to my acting life and my acting work, the fact that, you know, this, this in, incredible show that I was a part of that was the last thing that she got to witness, that's a huge link for me. And that the show itself, I mean, for, for, her, for her own sake, the, you know, the song, Will I Lose My Dignity, had enormous resonance for her. It was very meaningful to her. And it was, you know, so for, you know, on a very personal sort of selfish note to know that the last thing she saw me do was something that she really loved and was very moved by, was very meaningful. But then also, you know, being a part of this show and having gone through the loss of Jonathan and being a part of a show that was so um, cathartic and in many ways healing around grief and gave and set a, an example of how you live with and keep living with these situations was very um, helpful, you know, and the people I met because of Rent, you know, there's a, a woman who's a part of my show too, and in the book named Cy O'Neill, Cynthia O'Neill, who ran an organization called Friends Indeed, which was the organization that Jonathan based life support on, you know, the, the, the things that she was able to teach me and give me as, as wisdom and support during this time was um, profoundly helpful so all of that is part of how these things are linked yeah um and is this this is a sensitive subject so is it hard to go out and tell this story every night eight times a week it's really i honestly i mean it it really i don't know how to i don't know if this is making any sense it i wondered that myself when i was like okay i'm gonna do a run of this what's that gonna be like i'm gonna be just like staring at a wall afterwards and I'm like honestly I feel really, really, really close to my mom when I'm doing the show. I always feel like her presence to some degree, but by doing the show, I'm having conversations with her. I'm like spending time with her. And um, so, you know, 